The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1984, Episode 4, Let Me Be. In this episode, we will cover the month of October, Part 1. In America, on September 24th, Columbia Records released the single No More Lonely Nights by Paul McCartney. A video was released to accompany the single. A couple of years to 
premiere of a sneak preview video from Paul McCartney. That one called No More Lonely Nights, and the song is included on the soundtrack for Give My Regards to Broad Street, a movie that Paul put together, and the movie should be coming out later on in the fall, and the soundtrack for the film is coming out pretty soon, and it features six songs from the Beatles that Paul has, has remixed and re-recorded for the film. The film will open towards the end of October, and the soundtrack will be in the stores in just a little over two weeks. The video we just saw was directed by a guy named Keith McMillan, and Keith did Paul's Pipes of Peace video. The single rose to number six on the top 100 Billboard charts in America, and went to number two in the UK singles charts. In America on October 5th, Polydor Records released the single, Every Man Has a Woman Who Loves Him by John Lennon. This recording was an outtake from the 1980 Double Fantasy Sessions. Every man has a woman 
single peaked at number 55 in the U.S. Billboard charts. The B-side of the single, It's Alright, features lead vocals by Sean Lennon. Both songs are taken from the Every Man Has a Woman LP. October 9th, John's would-be 44th birthday. Over in the UK on the Good Morning Britain television show, Ringo Starr appears alongside author and character creator Reverend Wilbert Audrey to promote the children's television program, Thomas the Tank Engine, a 13-week series that premieres today. Hello, now it's my pleasure to introduce you to someone who could truly be described as part of the greatest ever rock legend. He's Ringo Starr, originally one of the Fab Four, of course, no less. And uh, he's also now the voice behind the pictures in a new TV series of the Thomas the Tank Engine stories. And uh, with him also is, is um, the author and creator of those works. Um, I wonder if you could tell us, Ringo, the story behind how you actually got involved with it. Uh, how I got involved, I was uh, the lady who put it together, Britt Allcroft, came uh, to the house one day and she said she had this idea for me to narrate these books. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, uh, <laughs> just trying to live myself up, folks. Um, and she, I'd never read the books as a child. I was probably one of the few children who was deprived of them. <laughs> and uh, I'm more of a Beano man. And uh, I read the books and I thought they were fabulous. You know, I thought they were really good books. And also the, the drawings in the book, the style of them I loved. And, she uh, convinced me that, you know, they were going to be animated in that style. You know, they weren't going to make them cheap looking. So, I thought it would be a nice thing for me to do, really. Mm -hmm. And uh, are you pleased with the end product? I'm real pleased with the end product. Wilbur Audrey, what, uh, what do you make of him? Do you think he's done a good job? Well, I think Gringo's done an excellent job. Uh, your words and my mouth will be going anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got a clip of it, actually, Oh, I'd up. love to see it. Have you not actually seen it yet? I haven't seen it finished with the full mix. Though I, we keep making sort of dates for me to go down and see it. Thomas' driver and fireman came early and worked hard to mend the snowplow, but they couldn't make it fit. Thomas was pleased. I shan't have to wear it. I shan't have to wear it, he puffed to Annie and Clarabelle. But they were rather worried. I hope it's all right. I hope it's all right, they whispered to each other. Driver was worried too. It's not bad here, he said to the fireman, but it's sure to be deep in the valley. Silly soft stuff. Oh. Wonderful. Yeah, not bad at all. It looks terrific. I wish it was in it more than just the voice. <laughs> <laughs> Is it right the producer actually said that he, he did a better version than John Gilgood, Reverend? Well, I wouldn't presume to criticise John Gielgud. It's not a criticism. It's just praise of Ringo, isn't it? <laughs> right. Not a well, bad compliment. she'd say anything to get me to do it. <laughs> I said, I'm sitting here watching Matchbox holding my clothes. I said, I'm sitting here wondering Matchbox holding my clothes. I ain't got no matches, but I sure got a long way to go. I'm an old poor boy and I'm a long way from home. I'm an old poor boy and I'm a long way from home. I've never been happy because everything I ever did was wrong. Well, if you don't want my peaches, honey, please don't shake my tree. If you don't want me to go 
special guest is Ringo Starr, without wishing to be morbid. I don't know whether you realise it's John Lennon's 44th birthday today, it should have been. Yes, I do. And uh, happy birthday, John. How much do you think of him now? Well, not constantly. I mean, he comes into your mind, you know, when he comes into your mind. How much does the whole scenario of his uh, tragic death sort of affect people like yourselves when you, you realise that you are so much in the public eye and therefore so vulnerable? Well, you, you can't live your life thinking of that, you know, otherwise you'd never go out. You just, uh, you just carry on the best you can. Hope there's no loony waiting for you. And you spend most of your time over in England, don't you? I mean, yeah, do, we live do you, here. Feel, you feel safer over here than you would in the States, do you? Uh, well, I think England's the safest country on earth, personally. It's the least police-stated uh, country, no matter what uh, Big Arthur says. Mm -hmm. And talking about uh, John, or it's thinking about John and looking back, uh, do, do you get nostalgic about the old days, or is that a chapter that you now dismiss? No, you can never dismiss it. I mean, it's quite a few years of your life, but we don't sit around saying, I remember 62 <laughs> when we were lads. You don't do any of that. You know, it's, uh, it's just the part of the life I led, and it's, uh, it's all locked in here, mm -hmm. trying to get out. <laughs> <laughs> It must seem like a different life there now. I mean, when you look oh, at those does, old newsreels... I used to be able to run in those days. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as you did in Hard Day's Night. And what sort of contact do you have with Paul? Because you're involved in a film with him, aren't you? Yeah, uh, give my regards to Broad Street. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the contact is, you know, the year was... Uh, the year, the film was a year in the making, and we signed on for five days. Mm -hmm. And uh, went on a little, but that was okay. What's it about, exactly? Well, you'd have to go and see it, wouldn't you? It's a surprise ending, I believe. Mm -hmm. And Barbara's involved in it? Barbara's in it too, yeah. Mm -hmm. and any I mean, we tend to like to do things together, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, we uh, spend 24 hours a day together, and she's in the back room now. This is the furthest we've been apart. Really? You're all right, love. <laughs> go on I in. think she said, yeah. Mm. And George Harrison, any contact with him? Lots of contact with George. Physical. How is he? <laughs> what? How he's is he? fine, he's wonderful. He's probably still he's up watching this. Mm -hmm. He likes to see what I'm doing. That's good to know. Hello, George. You out there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we must move on now. Your name, but it 
Actually. Oh, good. I'd like to say how good it has been to see you. Oh, I'd like to I'd say like it's to. been a pleasure, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the joke. Bingo, <laughs> thanks very much indeed. Well, it's a pleasure meeting Rusty. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks. I don't know what we say to that. In New York this evening on this October 9th... John Lennon would have been 44 years old today, and it's also the ninth birthday of his son, Sean, and the 18th anniversary of the day that Yoko Ono and Lennon met in a London art gallery. Yoko is celebrating the triple anniversary by throwing a party tonight for about 50 friends at her posh Central Park West apartment. And what a night to throw a party. Beautiful clear skies out there, full moon that we're going to see here in a minute. The party was broadcast live on WNEW-FM radio, hosted by Scott Muni. Stay tuned for the John and Sean Lennon birthday party. And Yoko Ono and friends coming up live on the radio right here on WNEW-FM, New York. Tonight's special, Every Man Has a Woman Who Loves Him, is being brought to you with limited commercial interruption by Nestle, the makers of Nestle Crunch. For the next hour, Nestle invites you to join them in this family celebration honoring the birthdays of John and Sean Lennon. Tonight we'll be talking with Yoko and some of her, John and John's friends, Harry Nilsson, Roberta Flack, Eddie Money, Roseanne Cash, Klaus Borman. We'll also hear selections from Every Man Has a Woman, the album that was initially conceived by John as a birthday present for Yoko. And here we are on Sean and John's birthday, talking about the album and doing some of the songs for it. And Yoko, I think maybe it would be real appropriate since it was supposed to be your birthday present if you start things off. Mm -hmm. Well, I first want to thank the family of the world who sent us telegrams and letters and beautiful, beautiful messages of love today. And also, the people who are standing in front of Dakota all day long, some people joined in the evening maybe, I hope that, well, maybe they're still standing. And uh, they were beautiful. They sent us love, and they were literally from all over the world. Some people, I understood, came from Liverpool as well. And so naturally, Sean and I were communicating with them too, busy all day. You know, I was sending things saying, remember love, or whatever, and Sean was sending the balloons up in the sky and everything. So thank you very much for coming, and thank you for all the wishing wells. And um, I'd like to thank John for giving us so much energy and inspiration, and that's why I want to really celebrate your life today. Every man has a woman who 
Okay, now, just before we started our program tonight, there was a little party for you. It's mainly my dad's party more than mine. It's just that it's I was true. there. <laughs> I was there, so it was... If my dad was there, um, we'd be all together all the time, and they'd be saying for... They sing for he's a jolly good fella. Well, they'd be singing for they're a jo- they're they're jolly good fellows. I say my mistake, Yoko. I'm the guy who said uh, for he's a jolly good. Well, why aren't we all there? Are five or six of well, us standing around. Well, I'm a fellow, you know. Can't we just fine. sing <laughs> for they're jolly good fellows? For they're jolly good fellows. For they're jolly good fellows. Which nobody, nobody can, can deny. deny. Or nobody can deny. <laughs> if you'd like. Nobody can deny. They're a jolly good fellow. They're a jolly good fellow. They're a jolly good fellows. And nobody can deny that. Or, yeah. happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Which is, all right, both of those fit real well. with your own friends, your own age, but some of us older folks were with you earlier tonight and that beautiful cake, that huge piano cake that you got and all that debt was... You didn't know where to start to cut that, did you? Mm-mm. You see, I, I wanted a piano. I said... My mom said, well, we're going to have a big party, right? For you and your dad. And I said, well, why don't we have a birthday cake that's a piano? And we got the piano birthday cake. And that was a big piano birthday cake. It was beautiful. I mean, I didn't know it was that thick because the legs were fake, so I didn't know how deep it went. So I just cut down, and it was like a piece. Yeah, you got a good... piece of cake I've ever tried to eat. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But you know what? You didn't... I saw you. You didn't touch the where the music was, you didn't touch the keys or anything. You went over to the side of the piano and you got that piece first, didn't you? Mm. The rest of the piano is still there. How about a couple of gifts? Uh, did you get uh, some nice things tonight? Some things that you wanted maybe as a birthday gift? Yeah, I got um, Transformers. Well, I know lots of people know what Transformers are. Those these cars and everything that turn into um, robots and everything. <laughs> now I have a whole Transformer collection. I almost have every Transformer in the world, I think. So, I got those. And I also got these um, paintings by this guy, Keith Herrings. He draws on subways. And he got he made a painting for me with, like, a big nine. That's how old I'm. I am today with a big nine, <laughs> and the nine is the face of a weirdo guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I also got from Andy Warhol um, <clears throat> this painting. I got a bracelet that's made out of pennies. I got lots of 
dollar bills that were ripped in half, and I got a painting that had like one of those hearts, and the chocolate pieces were spelled "I love you." I think that's great, and probably some toys and some other things. As a matter of fact. Before we came here to do the broadcast, you didn't even get to open all the gifts yet. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow, you're going to have a party with some of your friends. And, um, you know, I think that's great. Because I heard somebody say something. Well, why is he having a party with older people? But you got a party with all your friends, too. But those you got old a lot of birthdays. for Sean's friends, too. Sure. He's got a very strange sort of wide gamut of friends, you see. Happy birthday on this October 9th to you, Sean, and to John. Your father, because mm-hmm. that's what we're here. It's a celebration tonight. here in New York, and that includes the one and only Harry Nielsen. Harry, come on aboard right now and say hello to us, because you're an old friend. And you're here, and you did some good songs on the album and everything. You here? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, you did the Jolly Good Fellow. Now, you didn't write Jolly Good Fellow. No, I didn't. I thought of it tonight at the birthday party. It was pretty nice. I thought it was better than saying happy birthday, because to October 9th, come on. I give credit to the mama. October 9th. I'll do this to your child, John. I'll do it October 9th. <laughs> Fantastic. And you know something? My wife promised me that 15 times <laughs> on June 15th, my birthday. So far, we're going to have five children. What can I tell you? with us here in New York this night for uh, John and Sean's birthday uh, celebration. I know you've got a lot of things to talk about. I guess you can reminisce a little bit, couldn't you? <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's a very moving situation to have this birthday party. And to me, John was a d- very dear friend. And we all have to admit to the fact that he's dead. But to me, he's still alive. And I think for everybody else, he's still alive somehow. And I'm a very lucky situation that I... 
I hardly ever dream, but I dream a lot about John. Things happen that I actually do see him and I talk to him, which is great. It is. I think, uh, well, I know I have on a number of occasions, including today. And um, I know that you produced uh, Wake Up, track for, uh, that's on the album, performed by Trio. Wake up, the sun is out, singing, I know good times are coming our way I know you were afraid of me and would not face the world so open your eyes and see I'm singing for you it was really strange when Tria recorded the song we had this little village choir uh, rehearsing next door And we asked them to sing the choir on this song, and I tried to learn all those words. And the nice thing is that Yoko actually did write this song for John when he was in bed and didn't want to wake up. So okay. she said, come on, John, wake up, and wrote the song for him. And later, when John wasn't there anymore, she meant it to be for everybody, for the whole world. So we had to... I can't say to John anymore, so why don't I say to the world, you know? Mm. Worman, I thank you live in New York for this celebration for Sean and John's birthday and Roseanne Cash. Well, Yoko, you you did wake us up. I think it's a wonderful thing you've done, and and I know you you feel very proud, and I feel very proud to be on it. And I just admire you so much. And happy birthday, John, and happy birthday, Sean. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Roberta Flack. Yes, I just like to say that <clears throat> love is a song, and I think Yoko's gift of love to the world. Um, has been manifest in the success of this record. I'd like to thank all of John and Yoko's fans and all of my fans all over the world for buying the record and for allowing us to share with them on this wonderful day, October 9th, 
Yes, it's a dog, dog town. One day, let's be a pair of trees. Nobody will know that the trees had such a history. Anyway, we'd never be this lonely. Someday, I'll be remembered for the fine words I meant to keep, a warm smile I meant to leave, and a true song I meant to finish writing all my life. Yes, it's a dog town. It's a dog town. Yes, it's a dog town. Yes, it's a dog town. A few days later, on October 15th in America, another Lennon makes musical headlines as John's son Julian releases his first studio album on Atlantic Records. The album is called Velot.
village of Volat, hence the album's title. And it was recorded in the not-so-remote studios in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, and New York City. Barbara Hauer has the story. Thinking of a reason, well, it's really not very hard. Love you even though you lost my heart. The resemblance is striking and unmistakable. Physically and musically, Julian Lennon is his father's son. It's a proud connection, one which can't be escaped or ignored. Even if I did different styles of music, the connection would still be there because the voice, you know, because it does sound so similar. But uh, that's something I can't change, you know. Is there life after death? 
Julian received a lasting legacy from his father, it had more to do with music than money. Although not cut out of the estate entirely, his inheritance came by way of a small trust fund, which he has yet to receive. I want to earn my own living, you know. Um, this may be, it, it may seem funny to other people, you know, it might be, uh, they might think it's a question of living off my, the name or, or whatever, but... Um, for me, it's just the music side, and if I can earn from what I've created, then uh, I don't see anything wrong with that. But still in all, you're the son of one of the wealthiest entertainers who ever lived. Is there any hostility on your part that you've got to struggle? No. I'd rather do this. I'd rather work. What happens if this album should catch on and you're really hot, a big success? What will the fame, what will the attention do to you? You, you ambivalent about that? Um... Well, basically, I'll still carry on the way I, I do because the main interest in the whole idea of the music is just the music. But if you get to be a really big star, I mean, you saw what happened to your father. He couldn't even walk into a restaurant. Would you hate that kind of fame? I think it's one of the worst things that could ever happen to anybody, you know, being locked up. You can't be free, you know. Um, I think it's so nice to be free and be able to do things and uh, the music business does trap you, it really does. Julian's first single off the LP is the title track, which he promotes on MTV. Julian Lennon is here in the studio. You brought with us your video, which is the title track for this album, Falat. Mm. Your first. This is the album. Getting a shot of this 
record here, your debut, and produced by Phil Ramone. How did you hook up with Phil? Um, well, I heard one of Billy Joel's tapes, and uh, I just loved the production on that. So um, I got in touch with the record company in London, Charisma, and uh, they in turn got in touch with Atlantic, and um, there you go, you know. They just had a quick word. And, and we also played in the demos as well, which he liked very much, so that helped. <laughs> Now, the album is called Volat, which mm. is sort of an unusual title. What exactly is Volat? Um, it's the name of the actual chateau we recorded and finished off most of our demos. And uh, that's what the first song is about, the title song, being in a dream house chateau place with uh, your loved one or whatever. Writing away. I'm writing away. The first video, also called Volat, um, directed by Sam Peckinpah, who's done some wild <laughs> movies like yeah. The Wild Bunch, uh, Straw Dogs. Yeah. How did you hook up with Sam Peckinpah? Was this your idea, the record <clears throat> company's idea? Uh, it, it was through the production guy that was working in, in Charisma in London. Um, he'd worked on uh, like the Secret Policeman's Ball. He was a mad loony producer, and so he, he got in touch with Sam, and it was a shock for me because it was a surprise as well. So I thought, why not, you know? What do you mean? They said to you, oh, we think Sam Peckinpah... No, they, they had it virtually all arranged, you know, and uh, I met him, and uh, we'd had a, a week in Montauk to get to know each other, and uh, he's such a character. He's, he's great. You know. Well, we are about to see the video, and I think... People having heard that Sam Peckinpah has directed it, you were going to expect to see, you know, mm. chopped up things no. and whatnot. Describe the video a little bit before we actually go. Um, it's pretty straightforward and plain. Um, it's just in the studio with uh, some nice lighting. That's the basic uh, background for it. You know, nothing special. And that's what you wanted initially? Yeah, just pretty straightforward with a uh, uh, couple of little elements in there which you know little surprise things mind you i'm thinking of the other video now so i'm confusing myself all right we're going <laughs> to see this one right here this is a world premiere here on mtv julian why don't you introduce what we're about to see uh which one right there <laughs> um this is Velot, uh my new video sitting on the doorstep of the house again to fall
Upbringing. I mean, like, have you jetted around going to see Yoko and things like that? Not really, no. Just once or twice. How do you get on with her? Um, so-so. She really got a floor of refrigerated fur coats. Uh, probably. <laughs> I haven't seen them yet, though. <laughs> I think it's the most bizarre thing to do. He's a very sensitive child, very talented, and he picked up on things in his own way, and he did his own thing. I'm sure he was influenced by John in many ways. Just like all the musicians would, you know, all the songwriters do in this generation. But I think he has his own thing. How about now? Because now that your single's gone in at number 30, mm. jolly good, isn't mm. it? Um, do you find it odd that you're competing with Paul? Because your, your record might overtake <laughs> him and just leave him lurching. Um, I'm not bothered there. Uh, I'm not so much in for it for the competition side, just the music side, really. Do you find it strange, though? Yeah, it's quite funny, because uh, last night they put me on straight after Paul on top of the pops as well. So I had to stand around on the stage while his video was being played. Paul McCartney. The thing that surprised me when I heard the, the record itself was that the talent that there obviously is behind his voice and musically that he wrote these things, it's not just a, an impression of John. I mean, there's a, there's a whole lot of talent in there. And I was surprised some of the places he took his voice. I really like it, actually. I think it's great. I was very pre pleasantly surprised. I think the kid's good. Yes, indeed. Did he consult you at all, creatively, about his project? Not at all, really. No, uh, I haven't seen him for a long time. But um, when I heard his album was out and stuff, I sort of sent him a telegram saying good luck and all that and hope it all goes great. So uh, maybe when I get back to England, we might uh, hitch up, you know. That would be terrific to see the two of you work together. Uh, Lynn and McCartney reunited in oh, a different aspect. Yeah. I haven't seen him for all those years, so, you know be nice to see him again. George Harrison. Julian happens to be very talented. He's really good. He's got a lot of good tunes. He's only just started to try and do lyrics. But he, apart from him physically looking like John a bit, with his glasses and long hair, he really isn't anything like John. Mm. He's more like his mother. He's much a gentler, softer person. John was, like, very tough. Mm. I mean, he had that ability to be gentle and soft and was lovely but he was you know he was acid too i mean that he he gave that hard edge to the beatles uh -huh. 
Songs. I mean, how old were you when you started to realise that you had lurking talent? Um, about four years ago, something like that. So that was quite On late. and off. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, before I started writing song songs, before that, it was just like messing around. Mm. Well, and what do you think of the album now you've done it? Are you pleased with it? Oh, yeah. Very pleased with it. Um, some people have said, because I haven't heard all of it, um, that it doesn't sound, you know, they expect it to be sort of a trendy record. Modern. Yes, modern. And it's not really like that. It's lots of, lots of melodies and things. Mm. Well, a lot of my influences are old style, you know, musicians. Like who? Steely Dan and uh, Keith Jarrett and musos like that. Don't be a fool 
Julian is asked about his mom's reaction to his career choice. She backed me up uh, from the very start, you know, when I first started writing songs and hoping to get an album together. Um, she's very proud of me.
followed his top 10 hit single, Balot, with a reggae-inspired song that resembled his father's style and sound. Julian sings a song to John, Too Late for Goodbye. And too late for goodbyes. Oh, mum, she uh, she started crying when she first heard "Too Late for Goodbyes" on the radio in England. Said, "Oh, mum, don't cry, you know." But uh, yeah, she loves it. Well, in '85, you'll be seeing uh, another video of me pretty soon, and uh, well, I'll be wandering around, so you'll see a lot of me as well. But speaking of goodbyes, it's time for me to go. So, good night. Continuing in a moment. Paul's movie promotion. Too late. 
$6 million says they won't find Harry by midnight. I mean, don't think Harry are going to do a stupid thing like that, do you? Yes, I do. When the music stops, the mystery begins. Paul McCartney. Give my regards to Broad Street. Rated PG. Paul gives away a car. Just one postcard for one hot rod. What can I tell you? And George records a new song. Looking back upon my youth The time I always knew the truth I don't want to do it I don't want to say goodbye Next on Yesterday and Today. For more information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time. I'm Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. (laughs) Wow. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages, that's facebook.com slash yesterdayandtodaypodcast or facebook.com slash thirdmen or you could head to society6.com slash kaminskyfamilypodcast that's society, the number six, dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I family podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. (laughs) Guys, we need your help. (laughs) Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Dad. All right. We'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me. Bye.